0: We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. It's great to be here again. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. And we praise you and exalt you, and we're looking forward to what you're going to do this day. Lord, as we speak about your word, and we speak about your faithfulness, and we speak about your love for us, we just ask, oh Lord, that everything we say would be of you. And Lord, the takeaways from this discussion would be from you, Lord. So help us, Father, in everything we do that we would understand your will, your word, your direction. We bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. So today, we're going to continue our series on Messianic Judaism and look at the prophecies about Messianic Judaism. and so uh, certainly we've done this uh, for the past two weeks. But before we do that, let me just mention that I'm offering this booklet. This It's called a Haggadah for the purpose of having an amazing Thanksgiving dinner together with you, your family, your friends. If you would like one of these, the charge is $5. That includes shipping. If you'd like more than one. Multiple copies are $3 each. Um, And look, if you can't afford it, we'll send it to you anyway. Uh, But we do want—this is just such a, a great thing. Think about a normal Thanksgiving, you know, everybody quickly saying what they're thankful for, agreeing in prayer, and enjoying the food. But, you know, these holidays should be a time where family and friends go deeper. And bringing God into everything we do. It's so much easier when you have a third party bringing that in like a booklet. So this Haggadah includes U.S. history. It includes, uh, just uh, wonderful things to do together. Uh, it even has some children's pages at the end. So in order for everybody to feel, feel involved in this, uh, I'm asking you to get a Haggadah for each person who is going to be around the table. I think you're just going to be blessed. You, you will, you'll have a great Thanksgiving. So, email me at rabbi at org, or call Karen, of course, at 813-831-5673. If you're able to send a financial gift at this time, uh, it'd be great. It helps us keep the radio on the air. Uh, this program, so it would be a blessing. Well, today's our third program on the importance of the Messianic vision and how it comes from prophecy in God's Word, I don't have time to review the past two programs, so go to heartofmessiah.org and listen to them. The first one talked about uh, Messianic Judaism prophetically in the first century, and the second one we talked a little bit more about the present prophetic situations of Messianic Judaism, and also the responsibility—I um, I should add this, I didn't mention this last week—of uh, um, Christians to make Jewish people jealous. We said that, but let me add a Romans 15 scripture, Romans 15, 25. This is an interesting scripture, but now I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to to the holy ones, to the, in other words, the Jewish believers. For Macedonia and Archaea were pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they are under obligation to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings, they also ought to serve them in material blessings. So you see here, you might not have been clear as to who was who, but the last line makes it clear. If the Gentiles have shared in the Jewish people's spiritual blessings because of Yeshua, then they also ought to serve them in material blessings. Okay. Well, as you know, I almost never uh, make a pitch for money on on my program. I mention it, but uh, however, today's going to be a little different. I'm going to mention today a crazy need that we're going to have. Well, what makes it crazy? It's the amount of money that we need. Uh, Our congregation has the opportunity to buy a wonderful property. However, we have very little money, and the price of the property might go as high as $4 million and another million to fix it up. Crazy, right? Yeah, I agree. But I am praying and believing that if this is God's will, he will speak unto many people's hearts and uh, the right someone's heart, and God will provide. If you want to know more about this property— Call the office, speak to Karen, I'll call you back at 813-831-5673. As many of you know, I love to pray scripture. And the scripture that I'm praying for the purchase of this building, actually there are two of them, they come from, believe it or not, Exodus 15. So the first one says, you in your loving kindness, this is 1513, you in your loving kindness led the people you have redeemed. You guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. And Exodus 15, 17, you bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Adonai, that you have made for yourself to dwell in, the sanctuary, Adonai, which your hands have prepared. So I know, It's crazy, seems impossible, but we all know that everything is possible with God, right? Okay, Uh, let's talk about Messianic Judaism, and let's look at the scriptures for this week. You know, we left off, we were just about to talk about the one new man, which is part of God's prophetic calling, not only for Messianic Jewish people, but also for Christians, so let's take a look at it, Ephesians two eleven and 12. Therefore, keep in mind that once you, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision by those called circumcision, which is performed on flesh by hand, at that time you were separate from Messiah. Excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So see how these thoughts are in this scripture. You were separated from Messiah. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the promises of God. You had no hope because you had no God, right? Right. But with the acceptance of Yeshua into your lives, everything changed. And so when the Gentiles became believers in Yeshua, everything changed. Ephesians 2.13 But now, in Messiah Yeshua, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Messiah. For he is our shalom, the one who made the two into one and broke down the middle wall of separation. Within his flesh, he made powerless the hostility, the law code of mitzvot or good deeds or, or commandments contained in regulations. So let's see what all this says now, that you were once far off, But through the blood of Messiah, you joined with the Jewish believers, and now the middle wall of separation or partition was broken down, and not only God and man were become one in that sense, because now we have Yeshua who allows us to go directly to God, But also it breaks down the wall between Jew and Gentile. You know, at at that point, the Jewish people weren't even allowed to eat with people who were not believers. So he did this in order to create within himself, this is back to the scripture, verse 15, one new man. From the two groups making shalom and to reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. So through Yeshua, the hostility between Jew and uh, Gentile died. In terms of how God sees it, obviously, um, when you're dealing with people, it doesn't always work out quite the same, right? Verse 17, And he came and proclaimed shalom to you who were far away, and shalom to those who were near. For through him we both, Messianic Jew and Gentile, have access to the Father by the same Ruach, the same Spirit. So we both have access to the Father, and obviously this has to be talking about Messianic Jews, not rabbinical Jews, because Messianic Jews know Yeshua, all right? So we can't be talking about all the Jews in the world. We're talking about those who have received Yeshua as Messiah, along with those Gentiles who have received Yeshua as Messiah. Let's keep going. Verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Now, you see, what I believe here is that the Gentiles who became believers in Yeshua have joined now the Messianic's whether it's first century or even the 20th century, uh, who are believers. And so the two have become one. But it's not the Jewish people joining the church. It's the church joining the Jewish people. Verse 20. You have been built on the foundation made up of the emissaries and prophets, with Messiah Yeshua himself being the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple for the Lord. In him, you are also being built together in God's indwelling place in the Spirit. So, interesting that these verses which I believe are so prophetic about Jew and Gentile once believing in Yeshua that they come together in unity, and and I see this as as a prophetic thing. Uh, Actually, these verses, these very verses, are used to speak against Messianic Judaism. People have said, hey, we're now one. There's no need for you to be Jewish. And I'm not seeing that in these verses at all. But I understand the concept. However, my understanding of unity is when there is diversity and two, who are different, come to be one without losing who they are, their identity. Wouldn't you say that's like a marriage, right? Man and woman, they get married And they become one flesh, as Scripture says, but they remain a man and a woman. So uh, I think it's the same thing with Messianic Jews and Gentiles. So this idea that Jews who believe in Yeshua should no longer be Jewish is part of something called replacement theology. Now, Replacement Theology argues that God has washed his hands of the Jewish people. They were, in fact, no longer his chosen people. They were under God's discipline due to their rejection of the Messiah, and so God was finished with them, and those Jews who believe in Yeshua just become Christians. Actually though, if we go and look at scripture, we see in Romans 11:17 it says, but if some of the branches were broken off and you meaning Christians being a wild olive were grafted in among them, meaning the Jews, and became a partaker of the root of the olive tree with its riches, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, it is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. Look, Christians, when they become Christians, they become partakers, not overtakers. (laughs) Okay? Another scripture that is used uh, against Messianic Judaism is Galatians 3.26. It says this, For you are all sons of God through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. For all of you who are immersed in Messiah have clothed yourselves with Messiah. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Messiah Yeshua. So what they're saying is the people who are against Messianic Judaism is, hey, there's no longer Jew. We're all one in Messiah. Well, we are all one in Messiah, but there's still Jews, just like there's still male and there's still female. And so he's saying that the differences that man sees, if you are trusting in Yeshua, you are equal in the sight of God. He's not saying you're the same. He's just saying you're equal, okay? So Messianic Jews are often accused of rebuilding the wall of separation or the wall of partition. Uh, And again, I've already read to you Ephesians 2.14. However, the beauty of Ephesians 2 is that the wall comes down between the two people. So there's no longer a dividing wall, but there's still two different people, okay? Hopefully that's clear. And look, even in Romans 14, 1 through 13, it makes it clear that we have the freedom in Messiah to observe or not to observe any of these rituals as long as we do not treat it to be conditions of salvation. So... uh To bring Jewish uh, together, Jewish and Gentile believers in order that the world would know. So why do we have this one new man? Scripture tells us that the world's going to know Yeshua when they see Jewish, Messianic Jewish people and Christians coming together as one, okay? And the, the place that really accentuates that in Scripture, is John 17. You know, John 17 is where Yeshua prays to the Father, right? And in verse 20, he says this, I pray not on behalf of these only, meaning the Jewish believers, but also for those who believe in me through their message, in other words, those to come, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, so also may they be one in us, so the world may believe that you sent me. So this is a critical thing. The world needs to believe that the Father sent the Son, and this is how it gets done. And then we see in verse 22 of John 17, the glory that you have given to me, I've given to them that they may be one just as we are one I and them and you and me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you loved me you, you, you see what we're saying here and and what the, one of the beauties of this perfected in unity Okay, again, please understand, unity does not mean that everybody is the same. It just means that we come together for the same purpose, that we're seen the same, but, but we are as different people. And that's the beauty, for instance, in our congregation, we have different ethnicities, we have lots of different people, and yet we come together to worship Yeshua as one. So we're trying to do what Acts 20.28 says, build congregational communities to be a credible witness to the world. Let me read it to you. It says this in Acts 20.28, Take care of yourselves and all the flock of which the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has made you overseers to shepherd the community of God, which he obtained with the blood of his own. Look, we might be Uh, certainly a tiny group. In fact, we're a tiny group of a tiny group. If you think that there are 7 billion people in the world, and there are 16,000, I'm sorry, 16 million, roughly, Jews in the world, and Messianic Jews are a small portion of that small portion, you can understand. But look, a tiny population of Jews have affected the world. Israel is the center of attention in the world and an even tinier group is that remnant of messianic movement which will have an amazingly great effect on the world just like the 12 disciples did in the first century so as we talk about prophecy let's look further at the relationship between messianic jews and christians Wait a minute. How is this possible that we're at the end of the program? Oh, no. <laughs> well, okay. I'll tell you what. We'll pick up. Remind me if you could speak into the radio. Zachari- we'll start with Zechariah 8 next week, right? Okay. Next week we'll continue with this understanding of Messianic Judaism through prophecy. And we're going to look more at the future of... Of, of where what God's going to do with his Jewish people. So I've got to remind you before we go, get the Haggadahs, these booklets. Call Karen, and look, there, we'll charge you $3. That includes shipping for each one you buy. Buy one for everybody at the Thanksgiving table. If you can't afford it, we'll send it to you free. Okay? But you will thank me for this. It will make your Thanksgiving a great Thanksgiving. So in order for everyone to feel involved in this celebration, make sure you get one for each person, even the kids, because there's some uh, great pages at the end of this booklet for the kids to learn and to play. Okay? Uh, If you would call Karen at 813 831 five six seven three or email me at rabbi at heart of dot org. I already mentioned that uh, if you want to, if you know somebody who wants to have a great tax deduction at the end of the year and wants to help us buy a building, Sharesh David, we would certainly appreciate it. So uh, again, call us, call Karen, I'll call you back eight one three eight three one five six seven three Well, it's a blessing to uh, be able to speak to you each week. I pray that you will grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah. So that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Oh, Israel! Yes. The Lord!